is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I want to talk today about the real Jesus Christ. And I have found that there are illusions, imaginations, traditions that build our view about who Jesus Christ really was. And there are a lot of illusions that we have that are simply not biblical and not true at all. Now, one of the things that recently I came upon was that the, it was the idea that Jesus was sort of like a poor vagabond, living off the streets, never worked a day in his life, beating off other people, maybe sort of like a Woodstock hippie or something like that, living back in the 60s. And this particular illusion about Christ was is that or the idea that some people have is that it, to be poor is somehow more spiritual. That the poor bum on the street with the will work for food sign in his hand is more like Jesus than the rest of us. Now, now you'd be surprised at, the, at some of the pea brain ideas that float through people's minds about God, about Jesus Christ. Now, nothing could be further from the truth about Jesus Christ. Now, Christ said, blessed are the poor in spirit, which has nothing to do, to do with financial wealth, nothing to do whatsoever. Basically, to, to be poor in spirit is to know that the people that are, to know that you are spiritually poor. Uh, those who realize they are spiritually helpless. It's, it's coming to a state of humility of coming to Christ and saying, I can't do this on my own. I need God's help. Now, some people never come to that point in their life at all. Some people, you know, have such confidence that they never even are able to submit to a higher authority in their life. But there is another illusion that exists that people have, and it is if you're rich, you're somehow less spiritual. You're further away from God. And they will quote scriptures like where Jesus said, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? Notice, he said, those that trust in riches. Not all rich people trust in their riches. I mean, I look at myself as a wealthy person, but I don't trust my riches at all. And the idea is, you know, those old rich people living off the other people's misery. You know, if you, if you want a good movie about how ignorant people view, can view rich people, watch the movie Rigoletto from Family Feature Films, Rigoletto, because it's a beautiful commentary how ignorant people can think about those of us who are rich. Now, I said those of us who are rich. When I say rich, you know, I'm talking about rich in relationship, rich in family, 
rich in, the, in, in my wife, my daughter, uh, our work, our business, you know, your children, rich in a functional life that works. I mean, there's more than one way to be wealthy than just financial wealth. Okay, now, here's what your Bible says about those who refuse to work. It's 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10. It says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Now, you might want to just think about that the next time you see a person, maybe on the street corner with his little sign, will work for food. In fact, if you want to try, that, try it out, just offer that guy an onion to paint your home and see what happens. You know, or just pull up on a truck, work truck, you know, with chainsaw and weed eater, weed eater, axe and cutting tools and say, hey, I got about an acre of land I need to clear off. You know, work from, with me all day long and I'll pay you. I'll pay you very good for a day's work and see what happens. Just see what happens, okay? Now, the first rule for helping the poor is this. Don't become one. Okay, that's because you cannot give away that which you don't have. You see, if you are poor and God spoke to you and said, I want you to start a soup kitchen. I want you to start a ministry to help poor people. If you're poor, you can't help the poor. So the first rule, and I learned this from someone else, another mentor, another minister, uh, is this. The first rule for helping the poor is don't become one. Don't become a poor person. Okay, because you cannot give away that which you don't have. So let's deal with this illusion about Jesus Christ. That the, you know, that the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The most common belief about Jesus is that he was homeless, rejected, and poor. The popular image of Jesus Christ is as a homeless, is, is, is a homeless vagabond is based on a few passages in the gospel, and we'll look at some of those verses that people use to try to prove this. Now let's go one step further, all right? Let us all, you know, if Jesus was like this, nowhere to lay his head, homeless, rejected, and poor, all right, let us all be like Jesus then, all right? If we were all like Jesus, and Jesus was homeless, rejected, and poor, and nowhere to lay his head, what condition would the world be in? Well, there'd be no wealthy people in the world. There'd be no charitable organizations in the world. There'd be no soup kitchens in the world. There'd be no Salvation Army. There'd be just a bunch of homeless, rejected, poor people with nothing to share with the rest of the world. Because you cannot give away that which you don't have. Now, all men were created equally. Equal, excuse me. But not all men use their gifts and talents equally. Now, we learn this from the parable of the talents. You know, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. And he said, you know, go, go do something with what I've given you. And the five turned it into ten, and the, and the two turned it into four. But the one talent that was given to the person went and hid his money in the ground and did absolutely nothing. And Jesus comes back and says, you wicked and slothful servant. In other words, you deadbeat bum, you didn't do anything with the talent that I have given you. 
Now I want you to understand something. All people are created by God equal and they have certain gifts and talents. We all have certain gifts and talents. So I just basically blew out of the water this idiotic notion that Jesus was a poor hippie vagabond. Jesus used his talent to his full potential to save humanity, to, to save humanity, to save us, poor sinners, from an uh, eternal death. Now, have you ever heard about the real Jesus Christ? You know, chances are you have not. Now, let's go through some points here. Number one, Jesus was a Jew. Hebrews 7 and verse 14 says, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. Now, did you know that there are people that deny that one? They deny that Jesus was a Jew. They don't want to admit that. I don't know why, but let, them peop let those people sleep on. Okay. Secondly, Jesus did not have long hair. Now, I don't know why. You do understand all of those pictures you see of Jesus, were, they were you know, drawn by an artist. A male model stood there or sit there, and it's not really the picture of Jesus. It's not what Jesus Christ looked like. He did not have long hair. Let's look at Isaiah 53 and verse 2. For he shall grow, speaking of Christ, for she, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So what's my point? My point is he was common looking. And there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. If Jesus looked like the typical picture that has been portrayed, you could spot him a hundred yards away in a stadium of a hundred thousand people at a football game. You could look across into the way and say, yeah, look, there's Jesus. Look, there he is. If, if he looked like the pictures that been, has been portrayed uh, through artists. Jesus didn't have long hair. Now let's notice an event where they, people tried to kill Jesus. Luke 4 and verse 29. And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill wherein the city was built, that they may cast him head down headlong, but he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. Yeah, they were trying to kill him. Now my, I just want to make a point here. There is no way he could have passed by an angry mob that wanted to kill him if he looked like the Jesus that has been portrayed down through history and pictures. All right? You wouldn't be able to pass by an angry mob of people trying to kill you. But he was able to do so. That's why I say he was, he was, he was just common looking, looking. He was common looking. Now, why did they want to kill him? Well, let's find out. It's amazing, is it not, that they wanted to kill Jesus? What could he have done? What could he have said that angered them so much that they wanted to kill him? Well, let's take a look. Luke 4 and verse 24. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. You know, that's a very true statement. You know, it's, oh, hey, it's Joseph, boys. You know, he can't be nobody because we're nobody. He's one of us. That's one of the dumbest arguments you've ever heard of that, you know, it's, it's true. No prophet is accepted in his own country. P. 
people will not respect you in your own hometown. I can guarantee you that. But the Jews, you know, they thought they were God's people. If God was working anywhere, he was working with the Jewish race of people. Now let's notice what Jesus said here. Luke 4 and verse 25. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, Elias when the heavens was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout the land. Oh, great famine, three and a half years? We're talking about starvation, okay? And this is going on in Israel. And Jesus says, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. What did God do? Well, he saved one person who was not even an Israelite, but a Gentile. And many lepers, Luke 4 and verse 27, were in Israel in the time of Elysius the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, save Naaman the Syrian. Ooh, leprosy is a hideous disease. And there were many in Israel. And what did God do? Well, he went to Naaman, who was not even an Israelite, but a Gentile. And all that were in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with wrath. And they rose up, and here we come to the scripture, and thrust them out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill wherein the city was built, that he might cast him down headlong. They wanted to kill him. Why did it make them so mad? You know, if Jesus visited the local churches of today, where you got all the song and dance going on, you know, the Lord's working mightily here right now. You know, just recently, I just someone told me a story about a minister that came into the came up to the stadium on a zip line. Yeah, I mean, must have been a big church. But he used a zip line to, to enter on, onto the stage. You know, if, if Jesus came to the local churches of today, and the Lord's working mightily here, here today, the Lord healed Bertha Butt's big toe. Praise Jesus. You know, and all the song and dance and all of the pronunciation. You know, there's a, there's a, there must be a school you go to to learn how to sound spiritual. You know, why, if, why Jesus said, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Well, I don't know about that. You know, and, and, and all of the pretense, all of the song, all of the dance, you know. If Jesus came to your church with all the song and dance, and he basically stepped up there and said, look, you think I'm working in your church. I'm not working here. You think I am, but I'm not. I'm not doing anything here in your church. The people would get up and kill him all over again. Because we are so convinced that because we got religion, that somehow we're worthy. Somehow we got God's favor because we got our churches, because we got our religion, because we got our traditions, all of our celebrations, you know, and we're okay with the Lord. Yeah. Let's talk about the real Jesus. It's time you learn about the real Jesus. Matthew 2 and verse 23. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now Jesus was a Nazarene, but he was not a Nazarite. The two terms are often confused with one another. 
The Nazarite vow, if you took a Nazarite vow, you did not cut your hair or drink any alcohol. Jesus did not take the Nazarite vow. How do we know that Jesus did not take the Nazarite vow? Well, number one, we know he didn't have long hair. He was a common man with no beauty that we should desire him. He was able to escape from an angry mob that was ready to kill him without being noticed. Okay, In Matthew 11 and verse 19, he was called, referred to as a wine-bibber. Yeah, they said he drank too much wine. Get this. Now, now listen, listen, listen. He, they did not call him a grape juice bibber. Boy, Jesus, man, he's really tearing that grape juice up. I mean, he's turning purple. You know, his face is purple now. He really loves that grape. No, he was called a wine bibber, okay? So he drank alcohol. All right. The real Jesus owned his own home. Did you know that? John 1 and verse 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted, Master, where dwells you, thou? He said unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the, ninth, the tenth hour. Mark 2 and verse 1. Again, again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Whose house? His house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Yeah, Jesus owned his own home. Jesus worked the family business. Jesus was not a, he was not a carpenter in the way that we think of carpentry. You know, with a couple of nails in his mouth and a two before and a, you know, and a hammer in his hand. He did do woodwork. However, ancient Israel built most of their homes out of stone. So not only was he uh, worked with beams and wood, he also worked in masonry, stonework also. Something I can relate to. You see, God loves business. In fact, he wanted his son to experience all the struggles of man, including the challenges of being and eventually running a small family business. Now, it wasn't until age 30 that he entered into the ministry. Now, why, why do you think God wanted this? You know, running a small business. Well, you see, when you run a small business, you are actually running a small niche focused ministry that develops a product. You know, my personal opinion is that no preacher and no leader in Congress or president should ever be in that position unless they have first ran and operated a successful business. That you shouldn't preach, you shouldn't be in a leadership role, you shouldn't be, you know, a president of the United States, unless you have ran and operated a successful business first. Because there's just so much to learn from that. And this is what we find with Christ Jesus. Operating a business, okay? Now, here's the scripture. It's Matthew 8 and verse 20. It says, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Okay, that's Matthew 8 and verse 20. This verse is described, is used, is taken to describe the kind of life Jesus lived. Now, exactly 
what is Christ saying here? It means that a follower of Jesus, like Jesus, has, has no true home anywhere on this earth. I'm not talking literally, a literal home, by the way. A Christian's roots, loyalties, dreams, passions are in God's kingdom that is coming to this earth, you see. So he wasn't talking about he literally didn't have a place to lay his head in a home or he didn't have a home or that he was some kind of a vagabond living off the streets. That's not what this scripture is trying to tell us. Hebrews 11 and verse 9 says, By faith he sojourned in the land of the promise, in pro uh, land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're looking at. We are tabernacling, tabernacling, excuse me, in this physical body on this earth. This is not our true home. This is not our true purpose here. We look for a build a, a city whose builder and maker is God. In other words, we're looking for God's government, God's kingdom to come to this earth. The real Jesus was not a vagabond begging, a beggar living off the streets. The real Jesus never went to church on Sunday. Did you know that? He kept the Sabbath. He was a Sabbath keeper. You want to be like Jesus? Keep his Sabbath, Okay. The real Jesus never sat around a Christmas tree swapping gifts with his brothers and sisters. The real Jesus never hid Easter eggs. He never observed Easter. He kept the annual holy days found in Leviticus 23 and verse 2. The real Jesus never went to a trick or trump celebration. The real Jesus never went to a pig roast at a Baptist church. You know, this is a, a lot not to know about the one that you claim to be your Savior and Lord. And the one thing that nearly almost all Christians do not know about the real Jesus is this. It's found in John 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus Christ and the Father being together in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Two members of the God family, Father and Son, okay? And then I just notice this, John 1 and verse 3. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In other words, the instrument the Father used to create all things, the earth, to give the law of God, to give the Ten Commandments, was none other than Jesus Christ. So, here's the thing. When Jesus, when people try to tell me, well, Jesus abolished the law. They don't know what they're talking about. When people try to tell me, nowhere did Jesus condemn homosexuality. When people try to tell me, well, Jesus was a vagabond living off the streets. I understand they don't know the real Jesus Christ. Now my question to you is this, 
Do you know the real Jesus Christ? I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. It's time to blow the dust off your Bible and prove it right. Jesus never observed Sunday as the day of worship. Jesus said his custom was to worship on the Sabbath, Luke 4.16. Jesus never celebrated Christmas or Easter. Jesus said, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, Matthew 15.9. Jesus never promised heavenly retirement. Jesus said, no man hath ascended up to heaven, John 3.13. Jesus never promised to abolish the law. Jesus said, think not that I am come to destroy the law, Matthew 5.17. We've built our faith on assumptions, and it's high time we return to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Order your free Bible study entitled, What a Real Christian Believes. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is is that really in the Bible.net? This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at is that really in the Bible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.